According to Facebook, because everybody loves Facebook's time hop, because it flashes you back to terrible things that have happened in your past. Um, <laughs> but sometimes it does throw up some amazing anniversaries. Uh, today, at the time of recording, it's Wednesday, hello, uh, Wednesday 28th, it is the two-year anniversary of the time when I read the sentence, clan, with a K, clan is a vague term. So that's that's what I'm celebrating today, the two-year anniversary of the first time I read the sentence, clan is a vague term. What a time to be alive it truly is, folks. Ah, oh, this is this is what it's like to live in the year of our Lord, current year 2018. Yeah, current year it's... argument, 2018. Um, the experiences we are having. Yep. R- Rundle uh... Rousey. I watched fucking Monday Night Rousey uh, yesterday. I watched the Hulu edits, 90 Minutes. Four recaps of what Ronda Rousey did on Sunday night. Two matches. Now, in what world is that a good wrestling ratio? It's not. Anyway, That's well, a very weird wrestling it's, ratio. It's a fucking WWE wrestling ratio is why it is. Bloody hell. Good, I'm glad I started watching Ring of Honor. It's got Dalton Castle on it. He's dre- he dresses like the darkness. It's brilliant. He's got two boys with him, and they're called the boys. Boy one and boy two, he's the best. <laughs> Welcome to Podquisition, everyone. I'm your host, Jim Sterling, and I'm joined, as always, by Laura. Laura, Laura, with the blue hair. Hello. Hello. I'm enjoying this weird energy you have, because we're recording at seven in the morning for you today, and you've got, like, the energy of someone who's just woken up and, like, slapped themselves around the face and gone, yeah, I'm gonna work. This is what happens. Like, I get up. I'm excited for about, like, Two, three, four hours. Like, four hours is probably the maximum amount of time I'm excited in a day before all my anger management issues come in and I just get fucked off with everything and want to go to sleep forever. Um, that would make some people on Twitter happy. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we're, we're actually catching me uh, at seven in the morning, um, which gives me a bit of a croaky voice because you know, I've got allergies up the wazoo, so I'm like a croaky, snorty... Sneezy fucker. Oh, you want to keep the allergies out of your wazoo. Oh, God, that's the worst thing as a wazoo allergy. Um, <laughs> hello, Gavin, by the way, before we go off on a tangent, let's make sure we get everyone all nice and introduced nice and lovely. Hello, Gavin. Hello. Hello, how, how are, are you doing? I'm good. We're here in a, a rare winter wonderland. Oh, very, very, snowy very, over there? Very rare in this country that we get snow, and we got, like, we got Skyrim-level snow today. It's crazy. Oh, nice. So I, I am, like, later today travelling to an area where I will hopefully get to see some snow for a few days, and I'm very excited, because I love snow. Snow's just magical. Yeah. Snow is fun. We we had a... Oh, when was it? I think it was in December. Um, is the last time Mississippi had some snow. And we've been getting a bit more of it lately, thanks to climate change. Um, so, well done, fossil fuel burners, for that. Give me a nice bit of snow, watch my dog play around in it. Um, other than that, it's probably bad what you're doing to the atmosphere. I, I, I do quite like the, the attitude of climate change. It's good because my dog gets to have fun <laughs> in the snow. But if it's colder, how can it be climate change? Okay, how can it be global warming if it's cold? Yeah, checkmate, atheists. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm a bit excited because, I mean, also, you know, it's in the morning I get my... Uh, stuff I need to do my work without being in constant agony, so that makes me a little bit hyper. Um, I have a weird reaction to medication. It normally affects me the opposite way it does to other people. So something that will perk you up or knock me out, something that would make you drowsy or make me all hyperactive like a little boy who wants his porridge now. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I have a similar thing with, like, medication has, like, weird reverse effects on me yeah. sometimes. Don't know what it is. My brain's just like, nope, gonna be energetic at the sleepy stuff. It's Woo. weird. It is weird. Um, I've told you the story about the doctor that tried to knock me out with painkillers because I was, I came out of a, an operation basically in, in some sort of shock. Um, in shock and in incredible amounts of pain. Um so they pumped me full of morphine and laudanum, however you say it. And he was like, you shouldn't be conscious right now, let alone holding fully lucid conversations. <laughs> um, oh, it's weird. I've said before, it's like, it's, it's the like, Captain America's drug tolerance, but without his sexy body, uh, which is it, it, kind of the wrong way around for me. 
I'd like lower drug tolerance because then you, know, you get drunk quicker and it's cheaper and all that. Uh, but with all that sexy, it's probably because I'm just stuffing booze and drugs in my mouth. It's, it, that that is one thing that like I've never understood when people big up, like particularly when you're like in your late teens, early twenties. Everyone's like, oh, you know, I'm so I, I I've got such a, a booze and drugs tolerance. I can have so much and I barely feel a thing, as if it's something good. And I'm like, no. Yeah. It's so much better if you can just like have a tiny bit of something and go, oh, there's the desired effect, and I've not had to like spend a fortune and have a bunch of it. Yeah, like I, I, I mean, obviously the whole, oh, look at me, I'm a real proper man with a chopping down a tree and wear a lumberjack shirt. Um, it's never been my speed setting. I don't know if anybody could tell that, considering <laughs> I'm basically Otho from Beetlejuice, um, but. That's, again, one advantage to not having to worry about um, being all, like, a real man and all masculine and everything is um, that, you know, that should be celebrated. It should be celebrated that you can, you know, that, that you can get pissed real quick and cheap. Uh, that's yeah. a benefit, especially in these economic times, is it not? Um, speaking Indeed of fragile masculinity... Um, I've got to talk about uh, a bit of game oh, news. Is this the thing about the the like chat up artist game? Robert La Ruina, which is oh, a, a perfect Robert La Ruina his his social media presence by doing a silly thing. Yeah, Robert La Ruina. He's a it, oh I can't. I, I got the lyrics right yesterday. I was I mixed it in with that Nine Inch Nails song Ruina. It was great. Um, Robert Laruna, he's an infector. He's a. Oh, I can't re fucking remember it now. I did it yesterday on the video perfectly. I don't know why I've got to prove myself a second time. It's on the How'd video you on my YouTube channel. Get so big. How'd Cheeseburgers. You get so strong. <laughs> that was genetics. Yeah. And that's both of those questions answered for you, Trent. He texts me every day, does Trent, asking me them questions. I'm like, first off, body shaming. Second off, right? My height is not controllable, Trent. All right, you're the one who keeps fucking texting me about having barbecues. Oh, easy. It's harassment at this point. <laughs> I, I pulled up the lyrics to, to try and help you, Jim. Laruin is a collector. He's an infector serving his shit to the flies. And considering how his game Super Seducer looks, serving his shit <laughs> to his flies uh, looks about fit. So basically, Robert Laruiner, um oh God, what a great name, has... Well, it's got a game coming out, Super Seducer. It's basically like, you know, creepy pickup artists who like to get women very drunk and then have sex with them with, you know, the most dubious of consent or that just want to bother them when they're trying to get their work done in the office or stop them in the street. It's basically that, the video game. Um, it's it, it seems to be the video game equivalent of, like, wear a, f a big stupid hat and then women will look at you, and because they looked at you, now you can, like, force them into sex. Yeah, the then you can game. say, you know, your dress is nice, but yeah, your face is shit, now let's have sex. I think that's how pick-up artistry works. Yeah, it, it's basically like, hey, you, you, your body's nice, but your face is shit. Therefore, because no one's gonna want to have sex with your face, but I'll have sex with your body. Yeah, uh, like it's—I don't know how pickup artistry sexy. works, to be honest, because like I just meet like men and women in life. Like, yeah. that's just what I do. It's just I—I I meet people oh. uh, at places and events and through Indeed. other friends. And I, stuff are you and suggesting work? that you meet people in more places than on the street or in the bar or the club? Yeah, yeah, LaRuina seems to think that there are only three, which is weird, because his game, that even in the trailer, it shows you multiple places to meet people. But when this Let's Play, uh, well, I don't know if they classify themselves as a Let's Player or a reviewer, but it's uh, the YouTuber I Am Patty Jack. Um, seems to do, a, you know, seems about sort of like me on YouTube. You know, we're sort of D-listers, we're not all that influential. Um, we got our cult followings, um, but he did a video on Super Seducer and dragged it. It was part of a, 
a series, you know, X is the worst game ever. Like, that's the name of the series. So they put up Super Seducer is the worst game ever. Within moments, like, the video hadn't even had 150 views. Within moments, the Ruiner is in there ch talking shit. First of all, saying, uh, that is not a hotel room in the game. It is my bedroom. So you got that wrong. <laughs> um, and, and he took real umbrage with uh, be yourself as advice. I and Patty Jack advised, you know, just be yourself with people. Don't, like, yeah. lie about who and what you are to, to get sex. Um, but LaRuina thought that was bad advice for what he called. And remember, this is his target audience, uh, at least in his mind. He called the, the shy virgin nerds who are not allowed to meet women on the street. <laughs> that, not allowed. <laughs> The, the thing I thought when I heard that, like, they're not allowed to w meet women on the street, I'm like, okay, does that maybe say something bad about your pickup artist technique? Yeah. If you're not allowed to meet women if on the street, is it because you've got you're an ankle women? bracelet on, mate? Yeah. Are you getting, like, told, like, you're forbidden to talk to women on the street because you're a sex offender or something? Like, that's what that sentence sounds yeah, like. Yeah, like, I'm not saying he's tagged or he's no, on a register, but, but when he... you say you're not allowed to meet women on the street, um, but yeah, so he thought be yourself was was bad advice. And the more you learn about LaRuina, the more you realise that be yourself is bad advice if you're him. And mm. he started dragging... Mm? I think that all stems from this um, this idea that lots of young men are given that, that women only like assholes. And I, I can see how people can interpret that when they're young because... It tends to be the more boisterous, oh, confident phase. men that get laid yeah. a lot when you're young. I remember when I was a... when I was in my twenties yeah. and I'd been a serial monogamer, and um, had just was very insecure with girls. And at one point, just stopped giving a shit and said, "You know what? I'm going to try going out now, be a complete fucking dickhead, and see what happens." And I got laid all the time. And it took me a while to realize that it wasn't being the dickhead. That was getting me laid. It was the confidence. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, the, the thing is, it, like, long it was term, the not trying to impress people. That's what it yeah. was. Yeah, it's, it's the difference between like confidence can be like walking up, striding up to someone and going, "Hey, I just wanted to let you know I find you really attractive and you seem really nice. I'd love to sit down and have a drink with you if that's or, all right." See, that's you confidence. You don't even have to say that. You, know. you just go and chat and yeah. mess around well, with someone and and you exactly, know have a laugh like, and you, and yeah, you yeah. Poke a bit of you, fun, a bit of banter, yeah. but you don't have to say, you know, you're fucking ugly. <laughs> you, know? you don't need to go up to them and go, do you want to have sex with me? Because if you don't, you're never going to have sex again, because really, who'd want to fuck you? You don't need to do that, yeah. which is what pickup artist people seem to do. But I, uh, uh, like I said, I don't quite understand that whole world because, I mean, I, I don't even go in for the, the, you know, the dating scene anyway, because I just... The idea of just like seeing someone in a bar and then going up to them and saying, hey, do you want to have dinner because I like the way you look? That just makes no sense to me. Um, yeah. But, you know, different philosophies, whatever. Like, that's not a judgment on people who date. Like, if you go out to bars and you date and that, that's fine. I just don't understand it. But that makes me even like the, the pickup artistry stuff, which I do judge. Um, and, and, and I will be all about it <laughs> I'm not very critical this morning um, well uh, I'm not good at my criticism this morning I can't do a video on Bayonetta after this that's going to be terrible um, <laughs> but anyway back to the story I'll stop talking about P pickup artist often short shorthanded to PUA which you could just read as PUA which I find quite apt. Um, but anyway, back to the Ruiner. Uh, he's dragging I am Patty Jack on Twitter, being all, um, uh, like, making fun of the amount of uh, subscribers Patty Jack has and everything, deleted that tweet. Um, eventually, he apologised because the PR department, who sent the codes out, were like, look, we're sorry about this. And then the Ruiner was like, I'm sorry about this. And then someone else chimed in with, Basically saying, basically almost complimenting LaRuina by saying, oh, this didn't end in a DMCA takedown. And LaRuina seemed to take that more of like, like a challenge because he was like, <laughs> oh, I forgot I have my subscription to the DMCA. I don't know what that is, by the way. Uh, write it in on a postcard if you know what a subscription <laughs> to the Digital Millennium Copyright Act is. I didn't realise they had a magazine. Doing... 
<laughs> he starts doing his whole thing where he's like, "Oh, you, 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 you think I'm a, I'm a pussy because I won't yeah. DMCA well, you, but it. I'll DMCA you. I'm not a pussy." He said he wouldn't do it because he believes in all that American stuff, like freedom of speech, and Patty Jack fired back with, admittedly, a little goady. But if I'd have been dragged within minutes of doing a video by a, someone acting like a dickhead who made a very creepy game, I'd probably be a bit goady as well. So Patty Jack said, basically translated his, you know, bullish sort of, well, I could, but I won't, as, um, you know, he saw what happened to Digital Homicides and that bloke who made that Cool Cat movie and decided better against it. And at that point... The PR department emails I am Patty Jack saying, sorry about the DMCA takedown that's about to happen. <laughs> uh, we're going to try and stop it. And then there's a message from LaRuina, a private one sent to Patty Jack saying, uh, you called me a pussy. Like you say, Laura, like, you called me a pussy. So I did it. And then I'm, now I'm going to like undo it. And it's still like, down because it actually yeah. takes time to undo these things. And he's sort I... of really fucked himself up. A, he didn't call him a pussy. And B, like... The, the most confusing thing about that is like, see, I did DMCA you. Ha. I'm, I'm undoing it now, though. Like, within seconds, he's like, I, I'm DMCAing you now. I'm, undo I'm, I'm undoing it now. But I, for a second, I did it. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not a pussy. Just to prove, just like, I've seen some fucking fraudulent attempts at takedown strikes. I still receive a lot of them, but you don't hear about them because of that YouTube protection program thing that I'm in, which I thought was going to be applied to, like, everyone, but apparently it is just a few special cases, which is a bit fucked up. Um, you know, when it was presented to me, I thought it was, like, it was going to, like, be YouTube-wide, but it seems like me and maybe five other people are protected. Uh... Maybe because I get so many, but I still get them on the reg, like Survival Drive or Survival Kart Racer, some game I did a while back. Uh, someone tried to take it down. Um, Deep Dark Fight was another one. The developer tried to take it down. Uh, obviously, I've had some famous ones like uh, the Cobra Studios people and Digital Homicide, of course, and other YouTubers have, have dealt with this shit. I've seen some fraudulent ones and often based out of insecurity, but this one, to assuage his ego, to prove that he's a man, he <laughs> issued a fraudulent DMCA takedown strike, which, to his nominal credit, has he's, ne he's, he's nagging you. Yeah. <laughs> he's admitted it's dumb. Um, in fact, he admitted it was dumb to me four minutes after I posted my video, and he doesn't even follow me. Uh, apparently spends his whole time name-searching himself on Twitter. I did that once, years ago, to see what it was like. I'm never doing it again. I don't know how other people can do it. But, uh, yeah, he was in the comments of uh, my, my YouTube video reporting on the situation within minutes. Um, so, anyway, that's Richard Lewerin, a I, very interesting just say, person. I, I won't be playing think... his game. I think Gavin might really be onto something with the idea that he's he's trying to neg this YouTuber. In that, like, I think he might be trying to apply his, like, get women to sleep with me tactics here to be like, if I insult your <laughs> channel, yeah. then you'll want my approval, so you'll take your video down and replace it with a positive one yes. because you'll like me because I negged you. Your like, maybe that's it. Your channel is ugly. Yeah, your channel is really ugly and no one likes your channel and no one's going to watch it. If you say nice things about me, maybe I'll watch it. The negging neg, of neg, video neg, game neg. reviews. That is... <laughs> oh, that might be oh, his play. I don't think I can't believe. I can't believe I didn't see that. Gavin, you're a genius. Gavin, that is fucking brilliant, mate. Uh, um, one, yeah, one thing... Well, anyway, I, I will just say, I did, just in fairness oh. as well, he did, even though I am Petty Jack, keep saying I don't want your fucking money, he did... Mm. PayPal 50 bucks to I am Petty Jack. And that is what I was refused. about to bring up, yeah. Yeah. He it, was like, you know, donate it to a charity or something. Oh, that was a, that was a heck of a story. Do you want another story that's a bit bizarre and weird this week? Anything to take me off my friend Samantha saying Resident Evil is better than Silent Hill. I've got a... Okay. <laughs> I'll, I, I, I'll, I'll, ooh, I'll take you in a different direction if you please. need distracting. So... You know how Metal Gear Survive came out last week, and we talked a little bit about <laughs> how it's just like not 
not great. Um, it's not. It's not very good. So I have two like quick news stories about it this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you want? Do you want the one that's like a positive, or the one that's gonna make you really fucking angry at that game? Uh, well, I already know the one. It won't make me angry. Because or, I'd already uninstalled the game by the time well, I heard about it, and then it, I just laughed my ass it, off at it. It makes me angry for the state of the industry. That oh, one. sure. But we'll, we'll get the we'll get the nice positive one out of the way yeah. first. So when you create your character in Metal Gear Survive, uh, at some point there's a clipboard that's visible that has like, oh, here's your character alongside a bunch of other soldiers. And if you look at the first letter of the surnames of a bunch of names on that clipboard, it spells KJP, Kojima Productions Forever, mm-hmm. which is like, okay, that's a nice little, like, some someone at Konami's clearly like, it's shitty that Kojima got pushed out of this series, let's give him a nod and be like, yeah, this is always going to be your series, Kojima, even if yeah. you're not here. Well, I think Metal Gear Survive proved definitively that Metal Gear will always be Kojima's series. <laughs> exactly. So that was a nice thing. Yeah. On the other side, Metal Gear Survive mm-hmm. has the option for you to have multiple save files. Yeah. I, I However, would replace the word option with audacity, <laughs> considering <laughs> what you're about to say. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. So... It, it, the functionality exists within this game to have multiple save files, but oh, if you yeah, want to make there. if if you want to make use of those like more than one save file, you have to pay eight pounds yeah, to unlock ten, another save file. Ten dollars for our US listeners. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. If you want another character a different save file, that'll be ten dollars, please. Yeah. I so mean, the, the, the basic situation is. You to to get a second save file, you have to spend one thousand of these in-game currency coins, which you can get thirty of them as a log a daily login bonus. You need a thousand of them to have another save file. What, yeah. What what I find uh, funniest about this is their seeming confidence that anyone will like this game enough to want a second. <laughs> You'd save be surprised. File. <laughs> here's the here's the creepy thing. Here's the the spooky thing. For some reason, and, and I guess this is just what happens when you become so loyal to a brand um, above everything else, but there are a lot of people going to absurd lengths to defend this game. Like, if you like the game, like, fine. I, I can't claim to be able to understand how, but I would never denigrate you just for liking the game. But my God, some people are viciously on the defensive on this one. And yeah. defending things even as audacious as the ten dollar save slot. Yeah, um, it's 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 ridiculous the the save slot thing because like you can't even just purchase enough coins to unlock the second save slot. They've deliberately made the amounts of coins you can purchase in the like the store slightly higher than the amount needed for a save file so that like it's you can buy 1150 coins and then spend 1000 to unlock a new save file and then it's like "Mm, i've got 150 of these microtransaction coins left which isn't enough to do anything with but maybe i'll just get some more so that i can it's just like it's the false investment fallacy yeah it's it's why um it's why games often have multiple currencies you know, they give you the free currency, which is usually, like, useless. Uh, but they give it to you in buckets, so you feel like you've accrued something. All in an effort to keep you hooked, keep you invested. Um, you know, I talked about this on Monday's Gymquisition, um, which I called, uh, what's it, The Deadly Spiral of Live Services. Um, I'm very pleased with that, with that one and how it came out, so I would highly recommend people watch it if they haven't, uh, because obviously live services are the buzz term of 2018, and it's what all the major publishers want their games to be now, is these always online, uh, free-to-play economy-led games with their daily login bonuses to keep you sort of hooked Um Basically keep you punching a clock. Uh, They want games to be a job now, except you're the one paying to do the work. Um, So, I mean, if if you put yourself in the twisted mind of an executive, you can see why they'd love that. I just don't think it's sustainable. I think we're just looking at MMOs, but Mm. with subscriptions replaced with unbelievable amounts of currencies and all this shit. It's... This one in particular is like, it's just, 
it's ridiculous when yeah it's it's really egregious because this is another example of basic game functionality being locked behind an additional purchase like it's something that costs them nothing to do but they're charging you eight pounds or ten dollars to be able to do a thing that just should be standard in a game that should not be an additional service it's not costing them extra to develop and the people it really hurts is people who play on console because on a console to have let's say you have multiple users on a console but everyone shares one account because you have to pay for your online service on a console that's who this is hurting is like a household where you buy a new video game and all three of the kids in the house want to play the game, but you've only got one Xbox Live account that they all mm-hmm. have to use. And it's a case of, oh, do they also want to have their own save? Mm, that's another 10 quid each, That's please. what they get for being filthy peasants. Yeah, it's... Uh, that's actually it's something regressive. that... Um, that's it's, actually, it's so... Sorry, so, Gav. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just saying that's something that kind of bugs me on console a little bit. Our, for example, we have two PlayStation 4s and uh, I use it my one upstairs for kind of games and stuff and Rach uses the one downstairs to watch Netflix and things. But mm-hmm. anytime she sign, she wants to watch Netflix, she has to use my account unless we want to pay for two accounts. I think that kind of sucks that like yeah. she has to sign into my account anytime she wants to even just watch a show on the PS4. Even though we're so, already paying a separate subscription to Netflix, yeah. you know. Oh no no, yeah. it's not it's fucking regressive shit. Like like I've I've it's one of my great frustrations with the AAA game industry is you know, we're in an, an age now where entertainment is like so easily accessible and mm. people have come to expect, you know, immediate access to their entertainment mm. you know you want songs they're right there you want a film it's right there obviously mm. there are subscriptions in that but you, you, the game you, industry keeps you, putting you, barriers between you and the entertainment you want to be playing your game and you don't want to be just about to finally beat the fucking angina thing in monster hunter world and then your girlfriend <laughs> signs in downstairs to watch netflix yeah. and you that, get kicked that, out <laughs> that is one big complaint i i have about both um xbox and uh playstation right now is video on demand services that are not games should not require an xbox live or you know, like P- a ps plus certainly not if you you're know, already you playing a sub for it yeah we discovered this recently you when our internet went down you can't even watch a fucking blu-ray on the PlayStation without oh, uh, signing into your, so your you can watch Yeah, you can watch some mm. Blu-rays, but sev- a lot of them require authentication and you that being logged like, in before they'll work. Yeah, that's ridiculous. The the always, there are some benefits to like consoles being more and more connected online, but there are also like really weird problems that you don't realize until you've got a day without internet working and yeah. suddenly it's like, yeah. oh, why is so much of my ecosystem unnecessarily tied to this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and 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 that just makes me think when I hear things like, oh well, Overwatch needs microtransactions to keep the servers running and all the other games that need them to keep the servers running. I'm like, well what if I'm playing it on a console, right? What am I paying for with the PlayStation Network and the Xbox Live Gold subscriptions? What am I paying for then if these other things are needed to keep the game running online? Like, try and answer that and stay fashionable. It doesn't Uh, fucking work out. It doesn't fucking work out. God, I hate the game industry. I love uh, games. I fucking hate games, though. There are some, like, just... This is a weird week for, like, games industry news, because, like, there have been some oddly big things happening that, like... Here's one story that happened this week that on its surface doesn't sound huge, but might end up being a really big deal. So there's a company called Readpop, who are the company who own the PAX conventions. And they, this week, bought a company... uh, What is the company called? Um... Uh, the Gamer Network And basically by buying Gamer Network PAX's organisers now run uh, Rock Paper Shotgun, Eurogamer Games Industry Biz, US Gamer VG247 Digital Foundry uh, All yeah. of those all Are now that. owned by the people who own PAX Which is like Quite a big thing When you stop and think about it Because it's like oh 
suddenly like a lot of conventions now also own media groups and you start to wonder questions like what's it going to be like for people who don't work for those game outlets trying to get press coverage now for that, PAX yeah. and things like that um it puts like a weirdly big monopoly that PAX the same company that owned PAX now also own MCM which is London's big uh comic con they own EGX which is the big UK games convention like mm-hmm. it's quite a terrifying monopoly that's very quickly been amassed yeah yeah um yeah that was a weird a, big thing that happened this and week. i mean you know with that that very much like when when IGN bought humble like mm. it's that seeing a, a you know games coverage and if you know journalism if if you want to call what some of these people do journalism um i maintain there's like five actual games journalists in the world i'm not one of them um laura is one of them because i've seen laura do actual journalism and she looked at me when she did it which proves it um (laughs) maybe like patrick klepek i guess um does some or certainly did used to do a lot of like big investigative breaking stuff. Um, but because PR so tightly controls everything, it's almost like, I don't mean it to denigrate people who do games, criticism, games, writing. Um, you know, it's like I say, I, I'm not a journalist. I wouldn't classify myself as one, um, but it's, it's almost impossible to do to, to, to do it half the time because PR so tightly controls everything. Mm. And this just reinforces that. Like, when the people who are running all the conventions are also running half the UK media in the same country, it's a bit fucked. It's it's going to be a weird situation looking forwards now because you've got the question of, like, considering how much of a monopoly this company has now owns on, like, games conventions. Like, they have PAX, New York Comic Con, MCM London, EGX... If you're a company that has games and wants to show them off to a large number of people at conventions, that's going to kind of now necessitate, okay, well, you play with the media outlets we like, if you want to be at these conventions, not other media outlets. And it's going to create a weird playing field for trying to get actual useful coverage out of those events. Because obviously, like, priority is now going to go to the media outlets they own. Which is not yeah. inherently a problem, but it's just like it's a thing to watch out for that like I'm very curious how it's gonna play out. Yeah, I mean something tells me it'll probably not be too bad, but it will always like just look a bit I mean, I I I, I can't help but call into question coverage from an outlet that's owned by something that's running gaming conventions it's... and working directly with publishers. Yeah, like Here's the thing, I would never say that, like, there is a direct correlation of one is a problem for the other. Um, Like, for transparency, I write for Kotaku UK, which is a company run by Future Publishing, and one of the other companies they they own is PC Gamer. And recently, PC Gamer had an event called the PC Gamer Weekender. So, like, that is an example of a convention that was run in conjunction with a media, like, a media outlet... And yeah. you you do have those things that come up, and it's it's one of those. There are ways to do it above board, but you will always have people who will look at it and question. Yeah, but did you say whatever you said in coverage because you wanted such brand for your convention? And, and that's the thing. It's like yeah. appearances are pretty important in media, it's, and the appearance of impropriety is. I mean, it might as well be as bad as actual impropriety because, I mean, it won't look any different to the. Yeah. The stranger on the street, you know? And, yeah, like, the difference, I would say, between those two is something like the PC Gamer Weekender has PC Gamer, the brand, in its, like, convention name. Like, there's yeah. nothing... Eurogamer about... does, yeah. EGX, yeah. yeah. Well, th- that's the difference, is that e- EGX used to be called... Euro- uh, like, uh, EGX used to stand for Eurogamer Games Expo. Yeah. It, uh, Euro- yeah, Eurogamer Expo, it doesn't anymore. It's now EGX. Eurogamer is not part of the name anymore. Gotcha. And there's, then you get a line of like, mm, are they trying to hide the connection with this media brand? And, and then yeah, it just that's... looks dodgy. It might, there might be no dodginess at all. In fact, you know, the, the world of games media is actually really fucking boring most of the time. And, and there isn't 
all these grand conspiracies that some people like to imagine. Um, but that's, shit, like yeah. this just looks shitty. The, the, the it term just is looks optics, bad. It's a bad I look. Think is the term? It's, yeah. it's this. Yeah, it's this idea of how is this going to be perceived? And again, going back to that example of IGN buying Humble, when the sale happened, we were saying, yeah, maybe everything will be fine, but also it doesn't look great. And it already didn't look great when, like, a week into uh, after that purchase, um, like, there was a humble email that went out that was like, hey, you should buy these games. Here's what IGN said about them with their glowing reviews. Yeah. And, like, the, that line got blurred very quickly with IGN and Humble. It, it is, as, as we in the business call it, proper dodge, mate. Collusion. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a thing to watch out for. Like, it, it's a very big monopoly that very suddenly occurred between a very big conven- like convention company and events company and a lot of the UK and European games press. So... One thing I will say, no jobs were lost in the acquisition, which is really nice. They seem to That's be just leaving thing. they seem to be just leaving Gamer Network to do their thing kind of untouched, which is like that's that's a relief when you see a lot of like a lot of UK and Europe games media suddenly bought. Like that could have been a moment of lots of jobs going. I mean that's normally the result. Yeah, like that's actually shocking. That that's the biggest shocker of the story to me that no jobs were lost. I yeah. mean it's good, but I'm like yeah, that is a surprise. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's that story I think. Um mm-hmm. c- Here's couple a quick, of other things. Quick, quick oh, story yeah. that I just saw on Twitter. What's just um, happened, Gav? Oh, it's not it's just um Horizon Zero Dawn sold 7.6 million copies. Nice. That's, that's pretty um, awesome. That means that's... we'll almost certainly get another one. Uh, I've literally just seen I have that email. Hurrah! Yeah. That is that is a good number of copies. Well done. That makes and they're me not, happy. they're not complaining that it undersold, which is yeah. good. Well, I mean, the good thing about a platform holder is... Uh, and, and honestly, I think we can only rely on platform holders. Well, maybe not Microsoft, because they... They still make everything fucking slimy. Um, but at least Sony and Nintendo... Um, because they have the the console to sell, they can afford to splash out and make decent games, not just services. So we get stuff like Horizon, we get stuff like Super Mario Odyssey, um, and it's what? good that they're selling really well on top of that. What the hell are they going to call the sequel? Because I, it's it, I, as much as I love the game, it it doesn't have the greatest name. Um, Horizon, Horizon One, one Dawn. Dawn. Horizon Zero Afternoon. Horizon until dawn, make it a crossover. Oh god! I, I think we suddenly go... there are Wendigo running around. <laughs> Robot Horizon... Wendigo. Horizon Zero Dawn, Horizon One Afternoon, Horizon Two Evening, Horizon Three Nighttime. There, there we go. go. Sort it out. There we go. There, that, <laughs> you, nice you, can, you can have that one for free, PR people. Um, Horizon so yeah. Flatter. <laughs> uh, uh, other news we have uh, as of. 8am today on the day we're recording this, uh, the servers for Demon Souls have now gone down, so no. none of the online works in that game anymore, which is a shame. I'm quietly hoping that they'll at some point, like, remake that game. I was and just the, about we'll to have say, the servers like, back, but... like, it would be nice to... Like, can, I've wanted a Demon Souls remaster Can you believe forever. I've never played Demon Souls? I assumed you had a Gav. Yeah, no, I just oh. cannot fucking abide the PS3 controller, and I don't want to use it ever again. Uh, did Did you know you can make a PS4 controller work with a PS3? I, I tried that, but it was all banjaxed, so. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I actually, the reason like I have Demon Souls, I downloaded it, and I just couldn't get the controllers to work. So I was like, I nope, I am not Souls. playing a Souls game on this piece of shit. So when they uh, remake yeah. it. Yeah, I hope they do eventually, because, like, there's a few things that really suck about this game's servers going offline. So, you no longer have the messages and the invaders, which is, like, a big part of the, sort of, atmosphere of the Souls games. Of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, it, I, I once said years ago that Demon Souls was one of the best multiplayer games without even touching multiplayer. Like, just mm. the idea of seeing the ghosts and everything, which at the time, you know, now we're used to it, but at the time, um, it was that and Fable 2 had sort of mucked around with that sort of idea. And it made you feel like you weren't alone. 
Like, it was a very lonely, bleak game, as all the Soulsborne games are. Yeah. But that feeling that even as lonely and dismal as it is, there are other people struggling and getting dicked over by the game at the same time as you, gave you that extra boost of encouragement. That's what I've always liked about the, you know, quote-unquote difficulty or however you want to call it in the Souls games is Mm. it's an encouraging sort. Yeah. Or or even... Even leaving each other hints or, or leaving funny yeah, word yeah. combinations that just make you laugh. It reminds you're, you that everyone else is suffering at the same time. Everyone's yeah. in it with you. Um, and I think one thing that really sucks about this, like even compared to the other Souls games, particularly about Demon Souls, is Jim, I don't know if you'll be able to remember the name of this boss fight, but there is one boss fight in Demon Souls where the boss summons in other players. I remember the sort of mage thing, wasn't it? And that was in a Dark Souls yeah. 3 DLC as well, wasn't it? As far as it I recall. It may well have been, but yeah, there, there's a yeah, boss in Demon's... Yeah, the boss basically pits yeah. you against uh, an, an enemy player as an invader, and, and it's you versus them as the boss wow. fight. Did the Mirror yeah. Knight do that in Dark Souls 2, or did he only summon uh, NPCs? I think he only summoned NPCs, and... Now, this particular boss fight, now the Demon Soul servers are gone, it will only summon in NPCs, which just like. It's generic. Is, yeah. It's, in, you know, in theory, it's still the same boss fight, but it's just not the same. Like, the it's whole. It's not. I the whole appeal was the magic of, oh no, this is not moving like an AI person. This is another player. Oh gosh, what do I do? It was one of my most memorable moments from Demon Souls, uh, was. And it was the only Demon Souls boss I beat on the first try as well. So I felt really good about myself. I didn't beat it on the first try. And the interesting thing is because the next time you try and fight it, you'll end up playing against a different player. Yeah. And it's like, oh, so I can keep retrying this boss fight and it'll be a different boss fight every time, which was yeah, really... Yeah, a different player, yeah. Yeah, which is a really that, that... unique spin. That's kind of um, not such bad news for those of us who completely suck. I, I think well, in my in my entire hundreds of hours in the series, I think th- maybe three or four times I've beaten other players in, in PvP. Ah, uh, possibly, but like it, it was one of the most interesting boss ideas in that game, yeah. and it's just and kind of gone always, forever now. You could have always have, have you know played it offline for that yeah. bit if you struggled. Yeah. That, that's what I do in the swamp in Dark Souls Three because fuck mm. getting invaded <laughs> in that stupid ass swamp wood place. Yeah. I well, fucking like, I, I welcome them. I'm like, come at me, you fuckers. It, yeah, but they always wait until there's like ten NPCs chasing you around. The, and you're on your yeah. last bit of health and there's dogs up your ass. They're sly little fuckers. It's mm. it's one of those just really disappointing things about they, game preservation that they, like Sorry. The no. more yeah. <laughs> it's just, sorry, yeah. These fuck they 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 hide behind the crabs. <laughs> Yeah, as I was saying, um, yeah, it's one of the really disappointing things about game preservation, as like more games are heavily mm-hmm. tied to online, is that we have games like this that just reach a point where they will never be the same again. Yeah, well, and we pati- saw this with... Sorry, yeah, do continue. I, I was just going to say, like, that particularly... Oh, I can't remember what I was going to say now. Go on, get, go oh, on Jim. Oh, I apologise. That's all right. Um, uh, hope, uh, maybe I can jog your memory if I... Because I'm... I'm Branching off right. the same point, um, uh, like recently, Tony Hawk Pro Skater Five. It's a mm. shit game. Don't ever buy it. But it did go on sale on PSN recently, and its whole gameplay is tied to online servers, which Activision switched off. So this game <laughs> went on sale and was promoted as on sale. So people bought it, poor fuckers, and. I guess it's a small mercy that they couldn't play it, but it's still a bit shit that they bought something, promoted it as being on sale, and it was unplayable. And yeah. as far as I can tell, I, I don't know if at the time of talking, Activision has even fucking done something about it. Um, yeah. But it was the, the final point I left when I talked about the live service gold rush that we're seeing, is when these servers go off, these games are no longer playable. Yeah, and it's a real problem long-term for our industry, I think, particularly with, like, it's not so bad if the game's on PC because you'll get modding communities that'll, like, make patches that you can still play online with people and stuff like that over private servers, but with console ecosystems where you have so little control over online services, 
if a if a console only game, its servers go offline, that game's just gone. And in terms of like growth as a medium, it's a really unique problem to video games in that yeah. we're gonna have like a decade from now, we're gonna have weird patches and like gaps in the history of our medium where people who are learning to create games maybe a decade from now won't be able to go and experience certain touchstone like influences from the history of the medium because they just won't be playable anymore or they won't yeah. be yeah. playable in the same way anymore and that's that can't be a healthy thing for a medium when some of the more important works that have an influence on the medium aren't available to later creators who yeah. want to go back and experience them. And it's like, I, you know, I get it. Like, I, you can't expect, like, a company... I, I mean, I, I'm not even sure who would be... I guess it would still be Atlas running them servers for Demon's Souls. Uh, so them keeping that going forever is, mm. is hard to fathom. But it is a bit sad that certainly one of the most important games ever made, and that is Demon's Souls, considering what it launched as a series and the amount of games it subsequently influenced. Uh, Demon's Souls is what we, we could call a seminal work, a historical work. And with the, the moment those servers went down, it became uh, not unplayable, but, but it will, you will never experience what Demon's Souls was again. Yeah. And, and that is really... Like, like when YouTube is your only source for archival of yeah. a video game history. That's fucked. Yeah, like, the the one I always go back to is a really key example of, like, YouTube being the only real way to experience a game anymore, is P.T. P.T. Mm -hmm. is, like, really influential in terms of, like, being completely dropped out of nowhere as, like, a no-hype, uh, like, no-hype marketing move, that people eventually discovered, wait, this is a tease for what? And it sort of blew up out of nowhere. Um, there were so many interesting things about PT, and that game is not going to last forever because it exists on the hard drives of people who downloaded it while it was available. And if your console ever dies or its hard drive ever fails or you ever like have to get a new system... That, that copy's gone. There is a limited number of copies of PT in the world now, and that number's just going to keep dwindling. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, you know, only a very small, in the grand scheme of things, only a tiny percentage of people in the game industry actually consider games an art form. This... Um, to most... To the people pulling the strings in the, in the you know, the AAA game industry, games are only art if it can get them a tax break or good publicity. Otherwise, it's product, <coughs> it's money. This this is actually something that you also see quite a lot in the in the music industry. Because um, we're not so used to it with games, but I can remember working in HMV for five years and the amount of times albums got discontinued forever was crazy. Mm, yeah. The, uh, the, the, that This piece of art will just never be made again <laughs> or never yeah, produced I mean, again. The ESA recently resisted uh, DMCA exceptions for games that aren't being sold anymore so they could be, you know, displayed in museums and, and, and preserved. Uh, mm. And that's, that's the Entertainment Software Association. That's the fucking representative of the game industry at large basically saying we don't give a fuck about games being preserved yeah. as art forms. So, someone someone I'm related to works in a university and their entire job is trying to preserve video games and trying to get some kind of like archival and preservation going. And seriously, it's such an uphill battle from everything I hear that it's just, as this industry grows, it's getting harder and harder to preserve accurate representations of a piece of... Mm -hmm. art in the form it was when it was released like even even to the basics of just every game these days gets patched like what version of a game like what patch version do you decide to archive if you're trying to archive a game do you yeah. archive it as a as it appeared day one do you do the final patch version that existed do you try and archive every version of it mm -hmm. Because then it's one thing to do to patch to try and decide that was something that got one or two patches, but then to try and do that for something like Elder Scrolls Online or World of yeah. Warcraft, you're How you're never gonna really. <laughs> How 
how do you archive a game like Destiny 2? Mm. Like, yeah. what does archival of that game even look like? Honestly, it... Died, it, died March 2018. <laughs> it, it, it Lost is, its last it, two players. It's chronicled via YouTube. That's, mm. that's video game... The only real video game museum for modern games is YouTube, mm. where you can see, you know... Games in pre-patch states, and and it's why I take great pains to do things like, uh, you know, retain footage of like the the crystals screen in Star Wars Battlefront Two, hmm. um, things that you know they've tried to get rid of because to to be all like, oh, see, the game isn't that bad, and it's like, well, no, 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 we've still got the evidence that there was some shit in. Yeah. Here, it's, uh, it's the only way to do it. Is is video footage? It's it's why I really value collecting physical copies of like PC games where possible, or like games that are generally digital only and then get like a limited physical run. I will tend to really pick those up because if it's a game I've really enjoyed, I just like knowing that. I do have a physical backed up version that I could just install on a new machine if the company that hosts the game files goes down or the DRM expires or something and we end up in a future where my digital file just isn't doesn't work anymore that I downloaded off Steam or something. It's just nice to know that I have like a tangible copy of a game sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've often thought about that like, you know, these games that get day one patches and that where the physical disc is the only preservation you've got. And even then, you know, maybe only the launch runs of them before updated discs are out. Um, mm. and what have you, which uh, are so for often any companies like that bother doing them broken these days, like flat out broken the disc versions. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a, it's weird. I I don't know if there's really an answer to to that outside of, you know. And then there's footage. Then there's um uh Mario and Breath of the Wild which basically will last only as long as you drop until you drop your switch. Yeah. Because you can't <laughs> fucking back them up. What are you doing, Nintendo? Yeah, that that is like the big thing that the Switch still needs to deal with is why can't I put my uh, back up my fucking save file on the micro SD card that's in the system? I, I could do that on like 3DS and things. Someone on Twitter, I think it's someone you guys know as well. It's someone who's involved in games media was saying this week that himself and his wife something happened to their Switch. And there was just, that's it. There's no way now to get their hundreds and hundreds of hours on Zelda back ever again. That yeah, really fucked. sucks. Yes, it does. Um, I would hate having to play that awful it's, game again. It's such an easy thing to fix. It, it yeah, really exactly. is. I like, would, I, 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 as much as I love that game and I do love dipping back into it, I'll never restart it again. Because I never yeah. want to have that like stamina bar go back down again, you know. <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's it is a real problem. Um, so a couple of other quick things before we finish up this week. Um, out of nowhere, yesterday, uh, it got announced that uh, Chrono Trigger was coming to PC on Steam. Fantastic, exciting, great RPG coming to coming to Steam. And and then we found there's, out more. There's a butt coming, isn't there? Yeah, well, oh there's, yeah, there's a huge stinking oh, butt. So there's a couple there's of a poopy, huge stinking butts. A poopy butts. butt coming. So the first weird one is that the game's only available on Steam until April second this year. So that's like five weeks. That's and like like seasonal events in games that yeah. try and make you buy the DLC quick. That's, that's like buy it quickly before you hear about all the other problems with yeah. this fucking game. And initially, that sounded really odd. I was like, why on earth would you do that? And then it's like oh, they want you to rush and buy it now so that you don't find out about the fact that this is not the, the original game being ported. This is the mobile port being yeah. ported to Steam. And wow. the mobile port isn't great. So there's a couple of, a couple of problems. Uh, first, you can't control it with your standard like keyboard controls you would expect. You have to emulate touchscreen controls using your mouse. 
That's amazing. Because it's a phone game they ported. That's fucking um, amazing. Also, I didn't realise it was that bad. I yeah, thought... it's it's that bad. You have to do touchscreen controls with your mouse. Like, you can't just I like that... was to move. I thought it was just like you know, it it was. Uh, like mostly visual was well, the issue. We'll, we'll get to that. I didn't realise it was <laughs> controls as well. Yeah, Holy so fuck. you have to I do to touch. This. You have to do touchscreen mouse controls to get through it. Visually, there are a lot of problems. They've put some weird filters over it that, like, probably look okay on a phone, but on a PC screen. Basically, the post-processing they've done means that, like, the tiles no longer look like they fit correctly. So whenever you're moving, the, the pieces of the world just kind of look like they're slightly jutted and not quite fitting yeah. together. This is born of that attitude that, you know, pixels are ugly and so everything needs to be all smooth. Yeah, so they basically tried to, like, <laughs> predict what pixels would go in between other pixels and it looks much worse. <laughs> just the way you said smooth there. <laughs> uh, and, like, possibly the weirdest thing is that, like, all of the menus on PC don't look in keeping with the art design of the game. They look... Yeah. Like, I've made games in RPG Maker before, and this looks like someone's first that's, RPG Maker project in a lot of ways. That's the comparison I keep seeing on yeah. social media. So I like, keep seeing people on Twitter saying, like, you know, yeah. oh, oh, a new RPG Maker game came out. Oh, no, it's Chrono Trigger. So, some of that is because it's from the mobile port. So, like, when you're going to type in your name... Rather than having an on-screen in-universe keyboard, on the mobile version, you would tap to put your name in and your phone's keyboard would come up, obviously. So when you do it on the Steam version, you click to type your name in and it pulls up, like, a weird, like, debug-looking tiny text box that's like, type your <laughs> thing in here in, in this, like, RPG Maker-looking text box and then the game Imagine will catch up with it Imagine if this is someone's first try of it. Yeah. It, here's the thing. The game itself... Probably still a great game, but this is definitely not the way to see it. Yeah. Um, well, it, we we were talking about game archival. This is a perfect example of it, like of, of it going wrong. Like, yeah. is this the version Square Enix thinks we want? Yeah, like you know, I'm I'm not one to say that like you should pirate things, but if you want to play Chrono Trigger on PC, the official version on Steam is not the version to play, there are much better versions that you can yeah. get to run on your PC. So maybe Square Enix should have, you know, got it to run like those versions that have been running on PC for a good decade now. Which weirdly probably would have been cheaper and yeah. easier. Just Square like, Enix are cheeky fucks yeah. anyway, like putting these old games up for like 15 bucks on your iPhone just because they can. Yeah, it's... It is not a good port. Don't pick up the Chrono Trigger port on PC. There are... It's not good. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I wonder what the Steam reviews are sitting at for it. Here's a hint. They're not great. Are they not? Oh, no. no. Uh, yeah, is that a good place for us to wrap up? I think we're... we're we might be a, l a couple of minutes under an hour, but I think we're, we're pretty much there this week. We're pretty much on the money. Um... Yeah, because I know you've got to rush off and get stuff done, and I've yeah. got to get some stuff done as well. Um, and Gavin has got to restring his guitar. So we are going to wrap up, and I'm going to ask Laura, how the bloody hell can people see more of your work? You can find more of my work at Laura K. Buzz on most places that have usernames, Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. Other than that, you can find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 at kotaku.co.uk. You can also find me on Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Every season's a self-contained story. I'm on seasons three and four. Uh, you can also find me on a podcast called Queer and Pleasant Strangers, where I talk about not video game things in my week and do sort of silly voices and skits with Jane Magnet, who is wonderful. So go check all those things out. Kaboom. And Gavin, my dear sweet Gavin, how in the name of absolute fucking Christ can people hear your great music? Miracle of Sound on YouTube, Miracle of Sound on Twitter, follow me. And if you want to support me and help me keep making my tunes, it's Miracle of Sound on Patreon. Lovely stuff. Um, as for me, you know what I'm normally up to. Um, I will say um, the details aren't in yet, but the next time Stardust is uh, appearing at Pro Wrestling Ego, 
if you can get there, get there, because Sturdust is certainly telling me that the Stir Search is wrapping up. He says he's gonna he's gonna deal with the company's biggest loser authoritatively, and he's gonna unveil the winner of the Stir Search. Uh, it's gonna be a pretty good night. So there'll be details of that to come, and that'll do. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all so much for your support, as always. Um, you know, even if you're just sharing stuff around, please do. Uh, it's always nice. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.